Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike alongside Johnny. And today's episode is going to be a fun, but I think in intuitive one. What if? So I'm going to throw crazy scenarios out there. And I'm sure Johnny's going to do the same with his little, if you're watching over on the YouTube, he's got his little, you know, hooray horn shooting off little confetti. Um, what if? So being on a, a platform like YouTube, you always get a lot of people like, well, what if analysis by paralysis? I think this kind of falls into the same category. So I'm going to throw one at Johnny first and he can throw one at me and we kind of can just go back and forth. Uh, what if you get banned on Amazon today? You can't give like 30 minute answers here. We want to get through a lot of these today. Um, I probably roll into Amazon or I'm sorry, I'd roll into Walmart and ramp up eBay in the interim of me getting all that figured out. Good idea. All right, you're up. Hit me with one. Uh, what if the prices at your mom and pops got raised? Would you still source or from them or pay up essentially or go elsewhere? And let's say selling prices remain the same. I think the the big thing with that is it's fine to walk into a thrift store and pay face value if it's reasonable, but there is a lot to be said if prices go up, right? You know, all of a sudden they want to start charging $5 a book. For some reason, books are like the hottest thing out there. I think that's when you have to have the conversation of, hey, forget putting books out. I'll just take them all off your hand. You don't have to pay somebody to put the books out. I'll buy them all behind the scenes for a discounted price. I think that would be the the path you would. And I mean, that's really not even like it's a what if, but like it happens every day, right? I mean, my goodwills. And so you'd to, go bulk essentially to lower your price back down. Okay. You would, you would have to. I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, it's um just be one of those things. And it, it's happening right now. Anybody that's listening to this, if I ask you what your goodwill prices were a year ago compared to today, it's always going to be going up and no matter what category you sell in, it's not just the media, it's the shirts. I mean, the clothing prices at these thrift stores are nuts, dude. Like me and Deb used to go in, the shirts would be like three bucks. It doesn't matter what shirt it is. Now they're all individually priced. They're all at least $6. I'm talking nasty, plain, like beat up, stained up white t-shirts. So if you're, if you get to a point where you're, you're, Retail cost is too high when you're going in and you're buying thrifted items. That's when you have to start thinking about, okay, what does a bulk operation look like for me? And how can I find bulk sources to kind of, you know, fuel my inventory? What if somebody started reselling today? So do you think there's any money? What if I started reselling today in the year 2024? Do you think I can make money? Yes. I would advise you to go high ASP if you're just starting so you can have capital to have flexibility to maybe – you can still maintain what you're doing. But if you wanted to switch business model down the road, that's probably the best way to do it initially off the gate. Go high ASP model, get get a decent chunk of change, 
and then decide if you want to stay that model just scale it up or if you want to transition to a different model it has a higher gateway to entry for capital intensive reasons i mean that you just covered everything on that i do think i agree with that i think there's still a lot of opportunity and reselling there's lots of things that haven't been done yet there's lots of processes that haven't really been ironed out yet and i, I mean it's just part of the game there's always money to be no matter what you do right we can pick anything in the world and i think this kind of translates like just across the board in your life if all of a sudden i i couldn't sell what i sold like i'm confident i could go open up xyz i could a food truck a brick and mortar thrift store um any type of business i think once you have the business sense, you understand how it works, you understand a PL and working at CVS all those years, like you get a PL every single month and you could see every single expense, a three page report of exactly what that location is making, every expense. So I think it translates over to everything in your life, not just reselling. And 2024 is no better year than this year to, to get started in reselling. All right, your turn. What if you got an employee, what task would you give that employee to do off of your plate? Man, this is a tough one because the the fun part, the fun part, I really don't consider it fun, like sourcing. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people, like, I enjoy scanning stuff and finding stuff. But when I go into a thrift store, it's not like, ooh. Look at all this shiny stuff. I'm to the media. I'm out of the store. I don't even, you know, I don't walk anything else anymore. If I gotta go to the bathroom, I go to the bathroom. Then I'm out of there, right? I'm not even walking down the aisles. If there's something big that's kind of standing out in front of me, you know, I'll take a second look at it if it looks like if I something I'm familiar with. But I would probably say sourcing. I know listing is the answer for a lot of people, but I think with Amazon compared to eBay. I think that initial list price is so important that I wouldn't feel comfortable, even though the software does kind of, you know, you can have it go a certain price or go off the buy box. I don't think that's good enough anymore. So I would probably outsource my sourcing and I would do all the listing. Must basically hire a scouter would be kind of the route I would go and they could, it wouldn't be in my town because I would still source. I would just have them, you know, maybe in Pittsburgh or Philly, and I would go pick up once every two or three weeks the stuff they sourced. But I mean, employee is how you, instant. if you hire an employee, your business better level up immediately because it's yeah. a huge expense, right? I mean, you know how it is and it's a, it, it can be a huge headache. You know, you've been down that road too. Like <laughs> you've been down. I just did my 1099s for all the people I fired last year. I know how much it cost me. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're hiring people, life happens, thankfully you're somebody that's reasonable, but it still sucks if you hire somebody and they can't work for a month or two months. So a hiring employee can be a great, you know, basically attribute to your business, but there's a lot more that comes with it. So I would just have them source. I would still list everything and I would still source myself, but I know a lot of people don't want to give up sourcing and Amazon. You can, because you're just scanning. On eBay, it's a little bit different, right? You got to have the knowledge if, you, if you're going to be sourcing for eBay in a category. You got to know the brand. You got to know, you know, the antique stuff to look for. There's so much more knowledge that goes into it. It'd be hard, I would think, for somebody to hire a sourcer for eBay unless they were already like specialized, right? If I was selling vintage tees, maybe this person is into fashion and I'm paying them to do this on the side as like a little side hustle. But then again, thing with that is they know like hey 
this is a $500 vintage t-shirt. Why am I buying this for Johnny when I could just sell this myself? So that's there's always a the fear. That's what I hear from people that have people that source for them. They always are worried that they're going to take the knowledge that they got trained on or already knew and just take a walk. And do their Yeah. Own. I think it's, I, I don't think it's, I mean, most people don't want that. Right. They, yeah. most people that work, I mean, if I worked for you, dude, I will want probably no parts of selling media. I'd be like, this dude's a madman. He's here seven days a week, you know, sunrise, sunset, right? It's like, I would be like, no, no, keep keep your business. I'll just do what you want me to do, right? It's uh, I just, yeah, I just had to change my alarm to get up earlier and stay later because of, of this being a critical month because of the fees happening next month, just to get some extra man hours in. I got a pretty crazy one here. What if... You never started reselling. I would still have my marketing firm and be a partner in my book publishing company. <laughs> Do you, I mean, I know for a fact, I would not be better off in any way, shape or form. I, you know, my health would be a lot worse. My mental health would be a lot worse. Oh yeah. Um, my personal life would be a lot worse, but I do think it is important to kind of talk about it because a lot of people, when they get into reselling, Maybe the first video they see is like how reselling is like a scam and people are scalping. So it is important to be like, well, what if we didn't start well, reselling? Yeah, I mean, if you look back at the earlier videos, I'm a lot heavier guy and a lot more cave beard going on. Because <laughs> um, it, it didn't matter what my personal appearance and I didn't have time to really think about my health too much. I still I'm still a heavy guy. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a lot lighter than I was. I probably lost. I don't know. 60, 70 pounds since I started reselling. I'm not saying reselling is your diet program, but you just, in my in my case, I, I was just a lot more active and a little less time at the keyboard, honestly. I mean, I was still, I'm still at the keyboard, but there's a lot more moving around these days for me versus what I was doing. And that's just, just doing that, I lost a ton of weight. It circles back to, I always tell everybody, if you're going to try something and it's something you want to try, Right. If there's something I want to try, maybe I want to learn how to juggle. Maybe I want to try to get in the circus or something like that. You have to commit to yourself and not really care about what others think or say. I think you have to give everything a fair shot that you want to do in life. So if I told Johnny, hey, I want to, you know, I'm brand new. I just get on social media. Johnny's a long friend of mine. And I'm like, yo, Johnny, I'm going to join the circus. I never juggled before, but I'm going to start learning today. I think you have to bank more on your own word than the words you see around you because listen there's a lot of negativity out there especially in the reselling world we talk about it all the time so you have to be like hey okay i see that you know maybe my family or friends will think you know i'm some kind of lesser being because i'm in the thrift stores and all of a sudden if you're in the thrift stores flipping stuff then you're robbing the poor and people look at you a different way so what if you never started reselling that might be the case for, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, because they the first thing they seen online was, oh, if you're a reseller, you're you're, you're stealing from the poor, which is completely false. Yeah, it's no way, shape, or form true. Okay. What if you never started a YouTube channel? Oh man. <laughs> uh the honest answer I would give myself is I probably would have made 5x the money reselling that I have up to this point. And that's crazy to say for, for somebody in my shoes. But I do believe um, it's a trade-off of, 
you know, the money, you don't make lots of money on YouTube. The trade-off is, can I help somebody else get out of the same situation that I was in? It's the only reason I do it is just try to help other people make more money, especially, you know, I started this before the whole world went crazy. Um, yeah. So back then things were a little bit different. I was just like, Hey, you know, put an extra 500 bucks in your pocket. Then it turns into, well, you can live off this money if you're smart about it. So for me, the the money trade-off is just being able, I guess, to help other people and kind of provide provide some kind of value to change in somebody's lives, you know, as, as dramatic as that sounds. I mean, if you give anybody an extra thousand bucks a month, which is easily obtainable with Amazon, Easy. you can change lives. I mean, an extra th I remember being so broke. If I got an extra 20 bucks a month, dude, I was like, I was out there, you know, dancing my ass off. And I know it's it's it sounds kind of cheesy, but you just do it. I only do it to help people. And if I didn't, I I mean, I think that goes for any YouTuber because it takes time away from your business. There's nobody that does YouTube that has, puts in no time, right? It's a huge time sink across the board for any reseller, any content creator will tell you. It takes a lot of time. And I even have an editor. So even that, like I try to make it as easy as I can, but it still takes time. We got the Discord, we got the group and things like that. So it's just to help people. But I would definitely have more revenue from my business, um, a lot more revenue from my business because I don't have the distractions. I can just go do my thing, stay in my own little lane, but then again, you wouldn't learn as much. And, you know, the ideas we've kind of bounced off each other over the years kind of have leveled up our businesses. So I guess it works both ways at the end of the day. Yeah. And and plus your money down the road comes. I mean, you're going to get opportunities from all the network you've, you've done. I mean, I've gotten some opportunities just by attending this podcast, amazingly enough. Um, and for those of you who offered me 60,000 books, thank you. But no, thank you. Those that have approached me. Um, I. I think you're going to – it's the payoff later. I mean that's what we're all working for is the payoff later, and your investment right now is in YouTube. And plus, like you said, you just generally like helping people. And for those that don't know, for about 10 minutes before we start this podcast, I slam Mike with questions, and he answers every single one of them very politely. I mean sometimes impolitely, but it's amusing nonetheless. I got I'm gonna, – I'm going to mark this off as this is going to be the best what if of this episode. What if Johnny B had a newborn son that showed up at his front door today? Can I sell it? And you can't sell the baby, dude. You got to raise that baby. Got to raise that baby. Okay. So, yeah, my, my quest for Johnny B 2.0 would uh, start then and there from uh, crying. I'll, I'll teach him to cry efficiently. <laughs> Refine that process. No, I mean, uh, I thought about it. Like, uh, I do want kids some point down the line. Um, I would have to, I would have to schedule my my time that I allocate to um, child raising. I guess is the best words to put on there, or family time. Um, but we'll just call it child raising, because uh, that that is important. You're you're. That's a fundamental shift. I mean, it can be. There are people who hire what do they call it au pairs or whatever to raise the kid or nannies, um, but no, I, I would be I would want to be involved in some level um, raising said child, and it would be some parts of the business would have to shift, and I would have to get even more focused on every minute of my day, honestly, to account for my business goals, and then my family goals, honestly. And that is a very good question because there are a ton of resellers um, that have children uh, or, and or families. 
and they still continue to resell even on a full-time level. And the people that do that, I very much applaud because I know some high-level sellers that got like um, kids and kids with learning disabilities and run a family on top of that and run a six, seven-figure business on top of that. Kudos to you, sirs and ma'ams out there that do that. I can't complain about anything because you're 100% correct. Like everybody out there for some reason, I don't know what it is. It's like, well, this happened, right? Well, life happens. A perfect example this past week. Well, I have my library dud sitting at the storage unit. They've been sitting there for four weeks. So Wednesday was the day, Johnny. I'm going out there. I'm getting rid of these duds, dude. And, you know, whatever happens, these duds are going away. So I load up the car fully. There's passenger seat, center console's got boxes. You can't fit anything else in, in, in the Lamborghini. And Deb texts me right after I got the car full. Hey, uh, our cat, Diana, she's in and out of the litter box. Um, you know, she's having problems going to the bathroom. Well, with cats, this can be a serious thing. So it, it immediately went from, okay, I got I was just going to have my day. I was going to go get rid of my books, go to the thrift stores to, okay, now I have a car full of books. We need to get, get the cat to the vet as soon as possible. So these type of things happen, but I think the huge benefit to being, you know, your own business owner is you can create your own schedule. And me and Debbie even talked about this. If I was still at CVS, I'm not getting out of CVS, dude. I'm the only one there. They're not going to let me close the store for my cat, right? They don't, they could care less about that. So things happen, life happens, and people have this stuff every day. There's ongoing care, child care, family care, loved one care. There's so many different things. So it is important to kind of look what you're doing. You're kind of building a business so you can step back from it, right? You don't have to be there every single day. You have an employee, that's step one. Maybe this employee, she turns into be your general manager, GM of your little book warehouse there. So Johnny B doesn't have to be there every single day. He knows he has somebody. That's the benefit of the employee route is you create a structure underneath you so that if something happens, what happens? You know, what if I get sick and I can't do nothing for a month? Then all of a sudden you're not, you don't have money coming in. And if you don't have savings, I mean, you're all of a sudden you're in a really bad situation. That's why I always try to tell people, get smart about your money. So yeah, uh, that's a good answer. And you are right. More people than more people have ongoing family relational, you know, obligations than don't in reselling. I think yeah. I think we all can agree to that. There, yeah. I mean, I've noticed it because I'm in multiple groups. A lot of them are parts of a family, either husband and wife, or husband, wife, and children, or children only. Um, I guess I'm, I'm the odd bookseller out. Uh, I don't have any of that. I mean, I got folks or whatever and, and a couple brothers and sisters, but my family obligations are very minimal. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back at you. What if you had no Deb? <laughs> we talked about this before this call. <laughs> uh, what if I didn't have Deb? I mean, that's, uh, yeah. for those that don't know me and Deb have been together. Oh, man, how many years since 2010? We're in 2024. And uh, funny story, um, we first started dating on July 4th. I got enough um, alcohol in my system to finally ask her out. So that's that's the background story of that. I was probably I was probably fried somewhere down in Philly. Well, I it was at uh, her dad's house. Um, we're playing washers, you know, like you throw washers in a little square box thing. 
And I probably, I don't know how many beers I had that day, but I asked her out. So she's kind of been like a pivotal person along the way. So if she didn't exist, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't, I seriously, I do not, I can't even think of a situation. Like I couldn't even tell you that I'd still be reselling. I couldn't even tell you that I would be moved out of Philly, which to some might not seem like a big deal, but I mean, where I grew up was terrible. I mean, it's one of the worst neighborhoods out there. I grew up in Kensington. It's a neighborhood in Philly. And you go on YouTube, you'll see just how bad it is. Like, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I couldn't even guarantee. Still be at CBS if there were no dub? I don't Probably not because if I don't, if I don't leave the city, I don't make it back to CBS. I don't know, man. It, every my whole life would be different, and not right. not in a good way. It would be, I mean, I probably, I definitely wouldn't be as motivated. That's a guarantee, uh, with any aspects of life. Because when you have a, somebody else, like you're more motivated, right? Like you're like, hey, you know, like all right, what's going on? You know, I got somebody. You know, I don't, I don't like provide for Deb. Like she has her own business, so it's not like she needs me. And I think that's kind of pivotal too. Like when it comes to relationships, is. You shouldn't feel like you're required to depend on somebody else. Like codependency, it never works out, dude. And like her having her own brand, like if she gets tired of me one day, she can up and leave and she'll be perfectly fine out on her <laughs> own, right? Like, and I think that's like a, a quintessential part of being like a, a happy, you know, couple when it comes to that. But man, I probably, no doubt. Did dev, she you sign a prenup? No. <laughs> um, I would probably be down in Philly still probably living with one of my friends um just not really just just existing just being being a lazy going through the motions of life going yeah. through the motions probably working part time to have a little bit of money to to buy myself beer and pizzas every single day that's honestly like <laughs> it'd be bad dude <laughs> it'd be bad it would be bad it, it would just be it would be completely i mean i'd be a mess straight up and that's i'm not just saying that cuz oh we've been together so long I mean, think about it. Like if you have a friend that you've been around for so long or like, you know, somebody you see and talk to every single day, if you don't have that, it's so tough to kind of try to find that again and just think about life, you know, not having it. I mean, that's 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 really rough. So, yeah, that that's a good one. Like what if you don't have your your, you know, and people this happens all the time. Yet again, you know, tragedies happen if you don't have your best friend, your business partner, uh, your significant other. It's tough. Like and unfortunately, this kind of stuff happens. You just have to figure out a way to continue forward. But she came so long ago that this would not exist. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> this would not exist in any way, shape or form. You know, it, it'd be it'd be crazy to kind of what if like the you know, how like the Marvel Universe has like different like yeah. timelines. Right. So that's kind of like what this timeline kinda... where Deb is not part of the equation. And apparently Mike's at the behind a dumpster trying to find your yep. money. I'm probably living up at K and A, and uh, it's like an intersection, Kensington and Allegheny, up in Kensington. And I'm probably just shooting up all types of crap I shouldn't be putting in my body. Yeah, that'd probably be me, just because you don't get out the city, you don't get out the area, you don't change your mindset, then you're kind of stuck, you know, where you are. So, all right, that was that was a good one, man. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know if I can top that. Um, you're just you're just dropping all the bombs on me. Yeah. What if you could only spend 10 hours a week on your business? Man, that's a good, yeah. What I do? 
So I got 10 hours. So I would, my business model would totally shift because there's no way to do bulk with just 10 hours. Um, I would probably go pure antiquarian and I'd probably be dealing with a lot of those rare antiquity bookshops and dealing with those guys. That is a very expensive game to play. And it would probably take me a lot longer to bankroll that. I couldn't have, I don't think I could, well, maybe I could have. I may or may not need more capital to start that journey doing it that way, but I would have known to do that then. But let's just say I did know that. Um, yeah, I probably have to have significant cash, upfront cash to even get in that game because that's kind of like, it's well, it's not retail arbitrage. You're still buying books, but you're going to pay a much higher rate for those books to try to squeeze out some higher end margin down the road, or maybe they mispriced something. You're looking for their mistakes, essentially, at a high level, um, as well as more premium collections that I could source online for people who don't know what they're doing at like auction houses and stuff they don't know what they have they should have taken it to the rare bookstore honestly um and that's if i did books uh there'll probably be easier games to play in the non-book market yeah dude you gotta run away from books 10 hours yeah, I, I mean i'm gonna change my answer i wouldn't do books uh for just 10 hours i probably i probably get in the electronics game honestly yeah, you would have something that's like high. I would go super high end. I would just go like, you know, maybe even like watches or something where, you know, you spend 200, sell it for three, you make your 75 bucks. You just kind of continue on the road because I mean, it would even be hard to, you know, have a successful eBay store when you only got 10 hours a week. There's the question. Would I be doing eBay for 10 hours a week? I don't know. Uh... It'd be tough. It'd be a tough for 10 hours a week because that's like, that's not even part time. That's half a, that's a quarter timer is what that is. Yeah. Uh, man, that's a good question. I don't know if I even answered it right, but there you go. I would, I would do something luxury, books, yes. electronics, or gold bars, or gold, currency. There you go. Yeah, currency, 100%. What if, What if you worked on your business like I do, put in the hours I do? Man, first thing that comes to my mind is I'm going to be doing a lot of driving. Yeah. Um, the, the the big difference between me and Johnny is having thrift store routes, it's a lot of driving. A lot of my routes, basically all of my routes are at least a one hour drive to get out to the furthest store, at least one hour. That's if traffic's perfect. You know, everything's perfect. So if I had to dump the extra, I mean, if we're being straight up, you're probably working extra 30 to 40 hours in me in the business currently. Um, I, I I, mean, I would make a whole lot more money, but I probably would be a whole lot more miserable. And um, that's just, just yeah, like, I don't mind driving, right? I usually have podcasts on. I'm listening to something while I'm driving. But uh, you would make a whole lot more money, right? Because... We already already have the tools for success, but I would just have to drive further distances because all oh, the thrift stores in an hour and a half of me are already mapped out. So I'll be looking at going two hours out. Then all Your of a sudden would expand essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I'm out and you know, I'm in New York, I'm down south. I'm like, you know, once I start crossing state lines, it's like, this is nuts, right? I just drove an hour and a half to get to somewhere in Maryland. Cross yeah. the Canadian border to source books. Yeah, <laughs> it it would be it would be a blessing and a curse, I think. And I, 
I think at that point you would, I would be in your boat where I would definitely hire somebody, even though I don't have the bulk you do. I do think once you start maxing out your time, that's when you need to look at an employee. How can you get your time back to focus on the higher task? So for me, I would, I would make a lot more money, but I'll tell you right now, I'd be driving two hours one way and the days would be, I'm up at six, I'm out the door at seven and I'm not home till probably nine or 10 at night. Yeah. And uh, it just, that's just the reality of a thrift store model. The only way you make money is going to more stores and you can't keep going to the same store. I can't keep going to my goodwill five minutes down the road. They're not putting out, you know, they're putting out maybe 10 new books a day. Like that is not sustainable. I hate to break it to these people that have five thrift stores. Like you're not, you can't build a business off this. Sure. You might walk in, you might get lucky every once in a while, but there's no consistency to that model. So for me, it would be a lot more driving a lot more work. A lot more gas money, a lot more car upkeep, um, a lot more podcasts, and a lot more misery in my life. Um, that's just the reality of it when it comes to thrift store models. You got to be willing. I mean, you see all the time people drive, they they get hotels, and you know some people enjoy traveling. People yeah. love traveling. I'll say this hotel, it's a business right off there. I got nothing against these people. You enjoy doing that, go for it. For me, I like going out, getting home, at least being able to sit down and eat dinner with Deb, maybe watch a show at night. Um, like my personal life has more value to me than I guess I would say my business life. So that, that's why I try to, you know, run a, a super lean reselling business so I can have time to go for a walk or me and Deb want to go here or she wants to go to Target or, you know, whatever happens, we can just kind of roll with it. And my business still makes enough money to be su sufficient. So yeah, that was a good one. I got, I got a better one for you. Oh, okay. What if you had to spend all the money you made every single week, like you would have to operate at zero dollars, zero cents. So I have cash flow, but it's constantly going out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would just be more ordering. Um, and by ordering, I'm there would be only so like you, there would be only so much I could source locally. So I'd have to spend the money online. Um, so it'd be a lot more online shopping. And I'd probably be hitting all the auctions online. I'm not even talking – I am talking eBay, but there's much more than just eBay, at least in books, that you can attend uh, and take part in online. Um, and then a lot of my time would have to shift toward tracking down those orders. Did they ship it? Did it arrive? Was it in the same condition stated? How many returns am I going to have? To, there'd be a lot more – it's not customer service – yeah, it is customer service, just the reverse, because like, I'm the customer at that point. Well, I'm not handling customer service, but I'm still having to do customer service. Uh, part of my business would change. Um, that's that's probably where a bulk of that time to spend that money would be allocated, purchasing and following up on set purchases. Yeah, that'd be – I mean, that's crazy to think about. Um, just like if you had to spend – the money you make like every single day, like even, even not on a weekly basis, like what if it was every day, right? Like you make, you make 200 bucks today in profit. Like you have to spend that 200 bucks today where it disappears. Like you would go nuts, dude. You'd be, you'd be on eBay at 1159 trying to buy whatever you can. So you get back down to your zero. I mean, it's balance. just cost and grow mode. And that's a great model, but just like anything else, it becomes tiring over time. The same thing day in, day out. Um, but if the the job's the job is what it comes down to. So if that's your business and you love doing that, more power to you. Uh, and the question then becomes, 
Yeah, because with that would come more processing and a lot more manpower you need to put in that. So you're looking at a bigger staff to process everything coming in. That's just another expenditure, but you're making more money, so it balances out. All right, you're up. What if you had a truck to do your business with? I, a, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I'm not big on the truck life. I think there is some validity to maybe you can fit more in a truck than me, but I can well, fit. Let's make it fancy. Let, let me revise that. A truck with a trailer attached to it. Or like a truck with a lift gate or something like or that. Yeah, lift gate. yeah, something like that. That kind of truck. I mean, I definitely would be open to possibly like sourcing bigger deals at great prices because the more you buy, the cheaper you get it, right? I have people around me that sell stuff by uh, the Gaylord and things like that. I'd definitely be more open to it because, yeah, loading everything up into the 2008 Nissan Ultimate is not a fun time. And then unloading it and then reloading it to get rid of all the junk. So it, it kind of does constrain what you do. And I often think about this like, what if I had like 10 libraries that are like, yo, take our stuff? Like, yeah, that's not that's not feasible for me, dude. Like, I would have to be like, unfortunate. like it would my whole life would just be that. And I don't think there there is a value to it, but I don't think there is enough of value to make it worth. I think the relationships you have, you have to you got to be getting something back from it. And sure, donations are great. But the work that goes into taking these donations takes time. If I had a truck, yeah, it'd be a lot easier, right? I just get a little uh pallet jack, you know, I can wheel it right up to the lift gate, boom, done, easy peasy. I would need a bigger space. I'd probably have to run another storage unit. Um, yeah. but you definitely get stuff for way cheaper. If you if you can the more you can take, the better price you can get. That's why when I hear people talk about, well, I'm paying, you know, eight hundred dollars for a pallet, I'm like, you're nuts. Like if I spent eight hundred dollars on thrift store just cherry picking inventory i'm probably going to make 10 grand in profit so why why are we spending so much if we're ordering so much inventory it should work the opposite way the more you buy i don't care how they spend it oh not picked over fresh donations none of that stuff matters if you're buying in quantity you should be paying next to nothing per piece per pound so yeah a truck would kind of you know Truck would solidify me as being a bulk seller. Maybe that's why that's why I'll never get a truck because I don't want to be a bulk. Once seller. you get a truck, you gotta go bulk. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got a truck. It's like these 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 dudes are they drive around and they have trucks. I'm like, what do you do for a living? You're like a construction worker or something? They're like, no, I work from home. I'm like, why <laughs> why you got an eighty thousand dollar pickup truck for? You ever even put anything in the back? Like, yeah, I put my groceries back there. I'm like, dude, if I have a truck, then I gotta go bulk all the way, especially if it's a a box truck with a lift gate. Um, yeah. I mean, you you could there's people that have businesses just around that. You know, maybe I maybe I just rent out my box truck with a lift gate for people that need to move or buy furniture or like a lot of our local furniture shops. They usually hire somebody that has one of those for delivery. So you go buy something, you can't take it home. Oh, yeah, I got a guy that'll deliver it for you for X amount of that dollars. That would be a fun business model, a truck business fleet of trucks for resellers to rent out. Yeah. I mean, there's U-Haul. I mean, it kind of already exists, sure, but like yeah. a service that does the pickup in addition to that. Yeah, there's definitely uh, money to be made in that, and you can undercut a lot of people. All right, so let's do a, a few rapid-fire ones here to, to kind of wrap this up. What if you didn't have a beard? I would look like a cherub. <laughs> <laughs> All 
<laughs> oh, look at those cheeks. Just want attention. Ooh, no, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. Hit me with one. Um, what if somebody wrote you a blank check to retire today? What would that figure look like? A realistic one, not just a billion dollars. Man. So what's, like, the, I, what's the retirement dollar amount? I can never work again. Like never work. If, You're done. No more work. What's the number? Where I'm at, it probably it's not a lot. I mean, people probably like there's no way, but um, I don't have any debt. My cost of living is am I going off like my current situation too, right? Like yeah, cats and all, deb okay. too. Probably to be safe, I'd probably say two million. Two million? Okay. And that's not a lot of money to retire. People might that's think that's a very me, frugal lifestyle. I mean, yeah. you may may live somewhere cheaper. Uh, yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere, cheaper. central yeah. Pennsylvania. I can buy a decent house for probably 150k. Boom. All right. Property taxes are minimum because I live in the, in the mountains somewhere, and maybe like 500 bucks a year. And then you just invest everything. You just live off the, live off your 10% return every single year, which will easily be 100K. I mean, that's more money, you know, and you ain't doing nothing. So, I mean, I could easily, listen, I, I live a frugal lifestyle. I don't need all the bells and whistles and uh, just being broke kind of got me to this point. So yeah, 3 million, probably 2 million. I probably get away with 1.5, honestly. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't need that much. I mean, I really don't, but you got to get yourself into that situation and, uh, you know, get yourself and it's different for everybody. Right. If I'll go yeah. decide to live in Austin, Texas. I'm going to be paying, you know, 500 K for a condo versus, you know, 150 K for a house with 10 acres in the middle of nowhere, yeah. Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of a good one. What if you had to leave Texas? Where are you going? Somewhere with mountains, probably Colorado. I'm a big fan of mountains. Dude, uh, that's, you're going from like hot to cold. You're going to survive up there. Well, you do have that beard. Yeah. I've lived in North Dakota, North Carolina before, and Columbus, Ohio. I've lived in cold places, Mike. So you, you've, you've been all over the place. I have. I've lived a very interesting life. Uh, no, I, I love the mountains. I uh, love mountain towns, actually. They're a lot different than country town folk. Uh, still still town folk, right? But it's just a di different atmosphere. Uh, I like seasons. I like seeing all four seasons. Texas, you get too windy and sometimes cold and then hot. Um, what if you had to live overseas? Where would you live? That's tough. Um, I took in high school. I took four years of Mandarin Chinese. I do know a little bit, right? Really, Deb's, Deb's probably scoffing back there because uh, she always asks me stuff. I'm not like fluent, but I know like the numbers and like basic converse, really basic conversational things. But I don't think I would go there. I probably like, I don't know, man. I go somewhere where there's there's none of this crazy nonsense that goes on. Uh, kind of, I don't know, dude. I would have to do research. I can't give a direct answer today. Um, what about uh region? Are we going Europe, Asia? Africa? I'm not going. I'm not going Europe. I'm not going South America, Pacific mm -hmm. Islands. I'm not staying in North America. Um, so yeah, that kind of kind of narrows it down. I I so I'm looking at Africa, Antarctica. Australia or Asia. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Somewhere somewhere in there. Some somewhere in there. Um, what if you had no power for a week? Like no electricity? Yeah. Give me a quick answer. You got no electricity for a week. I go somewhere with electricity. 
there ain't nowhere, dude. There's an EMP went off. There's no like, well, what if an EMP hits? Yeah, what if there's you ain't got no power for a week? I would sort books to her when the power comes back. <laughs> dude, listen, there's an EMP. He don't know what's going on out there. He can't turn on the TV to find out what's going on. He's still he's just still gonna be working away. <laughs> Little does he know there's a nuke about to drop in the middle of Texas. All he's just like, I'm sorting my books. <laughs> No, I would sort them because even if I have to get a a cart and horse to sell my books, I will still continue to live. Hey, you're you want to learn how to make potatoes, right? I got this potato farming book for you. I'll just trade you ten cans of soup for it. So even in the apocalypse, my book industry goes on. Yeah, I sent in a book this past week. It's the second time I sourced it. Uh, raising goats for meat. I mean, here you go. I seen it. I said, no or how way. to make your own mason jars with sand and the sunlight. <laughs> Dude, I was reading this book before I sent it in. And uh, the the knowledge they have in these books when it comes to some of this, like these farming techniques. It's yeah. crazy, man. It's it's absolutely crazy. All right. Your last one. OK, my last one here. I got I got to be very particular on this. Um. I got one for both of us. What if you worked in corporate? Funny thing is, I always thought I was going to be a corporate worker. I thought I'd be the guy with the briefcase and the suit. Yeah. Look how I turned out. I wear a Michael Myers hoodie and I record a podcast every single week with your crazy Texas ass. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. It, life would be different. It is funny, too. Like um, when I was in eighth grade, they had us write a letter to our future selves and the teacher actually held on to these letters for like 15 years and then mailed them to us. Really? I mean, he yeah. probably just did it as an annual thing the last. Yeah. OK, OK. Yeah. But that's still pretty cool. Yeah. What, what did you say? Oh, my. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to close it here on the on the podcast. Um, well, come on for the views for the view or switch it to members only. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, right. no. I'll, I'll spill the beans. Right. So I said I was going to be married and have, I think, at least two kids right now. OK. I was going to be a professional uh, football player as well. Oh, NFL. All right. In eighth grade. Yes. This was what was going on my mind. So those are the big things I took away from that letter. Yeah. I was going to be a professional football player and I was going to have two kids right now. And I mean, look at me. What a failure. (laughs) 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 What a failure I've turned into. I sell stinky media for a living. I got cats instead of kids. At least I have Deb, right? the NFL. I mean, similar. <laughs> at least I have Dev. That's, I guess that's the one thing that sticks with me. And listen, the cats are a lot easier than the kids. And uh, I got no problem with that. So, yeah, that, that was a good one. So I guess I'm going to wrap it up here. My Jerry Springer final thought is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you had a. I did. For both of us. What's I that did. like? What if. Um, for some reason, we had a, a disability that couldn't like that affected our business, right? So I think about this. Um, I talk I talk about this guy all the time. A uh, one foot flipper. He he has a YouTube channel and he sells on eBay. And uh, the dude crushes it. And I think to myself, like, we take these things for granted, right? So like, what if I was in a situation where you know maybe maybe I'm wheelchair bound or um maybe. You know, I have to use a walker to get around like that literally changes my whole business like instantly. But I do think, right, the proof's already out there that you can be successful. You would just have to, you know, make the necessary changes. And it kind of boils down to like the overall like 
my final thought was going to be like, there's a million what ifs, right? You can't mm -hmm. always worry about the what if, because if you do, then you never get anywhere, right? What if a comet comes and hits the earth, right? What if Amazon goes away? What if eBay goes away? What if fees go up? There's so many of these things out there. You just have to focus on what is and, you know, be prepared for a situation that might happen, right? You know, maybe, you know, Johnny's long lost newborn son shows up at his doorstep after this podcast today, right? And, you know, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. around in college is what I'm hearing. But okay. It's, it's crazy to think about all the what ifs that are out there. And a lot of people get caught up and they only think of like the worst case scenario, right? It's like, it's, it's never like, what if you're gifted a warehouse with a box truck or like, what if you're gifted things that can 10 X your business overnight? That's never the case. It's always like worst case, what ifs, right? Like, or things or like huge hurdles. What if this happens? And it's always like, it's usually never a positive thing. It's always like, well, what if this breaks or what if that goes wrong? Or what if that, what if that? So Give me your final thoughts on what ifs and, uh, you know, just your overall opinion on getting caught up with all the what if nonsense. You got to stay focused. You can worry. You can play that game, but it's a rabbit hole of not focusing. Um, however, I think it's healthy to do it every once in a while. Like, what if I did this to my business? How does that change it? So my final thought that I'll leave to everyone and it's in the form of a question what if you doubled your business as far as the amount of money you made? What does that look like? What do you need to do to accomplish doubling your income this year? What if you did? Yeah, you make double the money, but it's going to be a lot of work. So uh, you better be ready to, to take everything that comes with it. So we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. What if everybody that watched this video liked it, subscribed to the channel, gave it a five-star review we would be the number one podcast in the world johnny and then we would have to like we'd have to have like security guards with us when we went out grocery shopping you know paparazzi everywhere i don't know if it was a life we really want but we're not be satisfied so we're number one in japan I'm we we do appreciate everybody listening and liking and you know leaving us five-star reviews on the podcast platform so we will talk to everybody in next week's episode thanks for listening to another episode of the reseller's mindset podcast Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.